We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden. I'm joined today by, he's got the mustache gone. It is just the beard now. It looks like we got normal Fachi. So Fachi, what's up, man? Hey, normal Fachi, we'll, we'll take that. But yeah, I blended it in. The stash had to go. Told you it wasn't going to be here for long. It was here for <laughs> a short time, not a long time, but I'm back. He is back and the NFL football is back and Fachi's Broncos picking up not another back. loss not bad like the colts yep but we got a rookie quarterback so and, and like however you want to justify it sure but it doesn't matter the, the thing is is it's frustrating being a broncos fan right now look one won a super bowl in 2015 i really can't complain but i don't know how long i'm not able to complain for you texted me right after the broncos went for an onside kick to start we didn't get it would have been cool if we did we missed an extra point we miss a field goal, we lose by one. It's just uh, the Broncos for the last few years have not been able to break 17 points. It's like that's where we're stuck at. We lose to the Raiders 0-1 once again. I just think with Sean Payton being in Denver, he's probably thinking about Peyton Manning being there, and then he just had flashbacks to that 2009 Super Bowl, and he thought, oh, Peyton Manning is on the on the Raiders, so I got to kick on side to get the ball. I got to keep the ball out of Peyton's hands, and then he forgot Jimmy Garoppolo's over there. I mean, it's like, come on now. It's not that big of a deal to do that, but – I was a little bit disappointed. Cortland Sutton is in my fantasy league. He did get a touchdown. Uh-huh. Yep. Yes, he did. Yes, four he did. four receptions for 32 yards, though, is pretty trash for the number hey. one receiver. I mean, it's yeah. better than T. Higgins getting me zero points. Well, yes, T. Higgins did get zero. Um, I went up against T. Higgins. I'm in a battle right now. But, Man. We'll see that was, but for the Colts, I mean, I got to say, that was, that was good. I mean, he looked pretty good. I thought the Colts were really in that game. If the Colts had pulled that out, you were going to be losing some money. <laughs> well, yes, I, I did. I did bet on the Jags. You know, Look at that. Thing. What a traitor. But, 
Hey, I'm not a Colts fan. I never said I was. Uh, yeah, but I, this is a Pacers podcast. You know I, that I, most of your listeners are Colts yes. fans. So how are you going to betray the listeners of setting the pace? Our faithful pace setters and vote, or not vote, but bet against the Colts. I go where the money goes. And you know what? <laughs> hey, the money went with me. So I'm happy about that. But, uh, you know, I, I thought I thought the Colts played well, given rookie quarterback, making his debut, no Jonathan Taylor. You know, you got to be happy with what you saw. And if Fachi keeps having luck like, luck like that with his betting, then I think I might be getting me some Taylor Swift ticket concert hey. uh, concert tickets from Fachi for my birthday if he keeps up this madness over here. But oh, you never know. Speaking of Taylor Swift, my wife has suckered me into. Uh, there's a Taylor Swift movie. Yeah, AMC. You gonna out. go watch it? I'm like, babe, I already bought you the ticket to the actual concert. Now I'm watching a movie of the concert. I'm like, what? What's going on here? Uh, so that is got, great. Oh my god, <laughs> we, we got tickets. It's in October. It's gonna be like the first time that we're like dropping our our baby off at my parents. Like that's that's the big day out. I don't know, but that's this what we're hilarious. doing. It's gonna make her happy, so I'm gonna do it. Okay, okay. So when is her birthday? Her birthday is May 12th. It's already passed. That's what oh good. Saying. I'm that surprised the exact day. That she went to the Taylor Swift concert. Okay, so I'm surprised that she hasn't made you do like an era's theme birthday. No, I, and honestly, I wouldn't even know what's involved with that. I'm not going <laughs> to act like I know what's involved with that. You know, I got the tickets to that uh, that concert, and that was enough for me. All right, that's enough of the housekeeping there, Fachi. Let's go ahead and get into today's topic. Today, we're going to be talking about the 2023-2024 Indiana Pacers season by giving our bold predictions for this year. So it can be good. It can be bad. I don't know. I haven't seen Fachi's. I know that we at least have five each. So going to do a top 10 list, but we always throw in an extra there for you. Always. So Fachi, I'll let you kick it off. Give me your first bold prediction for this Pacers team. Now, I don't think this one's going to be bold. This is more like dipping a toe, a little bit lukewarm. I'm going to say after falling out of the rotation, TJ McConnell is traded at the deadline. The TJ McConnell Pacer era comes to an end. I mm, think in this scenario. Sad. It is. It, 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 there were some good moments. There was the 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 infamous triple double. You know, ten steals. I mean, he had a really good game against the Bucks last year. There was plenty of good moments. But the Pacers do right by McConnell. They sent him to a contender before the trade deadline, so he can play a vital role on a contended team instead of limited minutes on a team that you know is is going for the playoffs. But he's more of in that veteran role. It's mm. a tough pill to swallow for. His teammates, but they're all happy for McConnell to be able to play more elsewhere. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good one. I would say that's not Super Bowl, but it's not it's just dipping a toe. Luke Warren. It's a it's a prediction though because we never know what's going to happen. I mean, we thought there's other players that could have been traded for a long time that didn't. So, TJ McConnell, we thought maybe all offseason to keep an eye on that, and there were some rumblings out there that he was in talks to maybe go to the Phoenix Suns, and that did not happen. So. We'll see if anything does come to fruition with that, but I'll stick on the trade stuff, Fachi, because I had a trade prediction as well, and I said the Pacers will make a win-now trade before the tra trade deadline. So this is not just a trade to get off of a guy. This is a trade to bring in a player to help us win now. There are a couple names that I am kind of circling to see if they resurface or they are some other, basically someone the Pacers might have interest in to help in certain areas of this. I think this team might need help in, but I'm not going to say names right now. I just think that they do make a win now trade before the deadline, because I feel like they're going to have a pretty good season. And then maybe want to just continue to dip their toe in that water and, and see how deep they can go this year. 
Hey, I feel like if I had, uh, you know, like a one of those magic eight balls and I'm looking it over, will the Patriots make a trade? It's saying yes. And we hope that it's a win now trade instead of maybe just a selling off. But I do think the Patriots will be active. I would love to hope that it, you know, I really do hope that it is a win now move where they're going for it. Because the last few years, we haven't really seen them go for it. We've seen them trade off some guys. You could make an argument that trading for Halliburton was a go-for-it-later-on type mm-hmm. move, but trading Sabonis was the all-star at the time. And then last year at the deadline, we hoped for big things. Instead, it was you know Jordan Awara getting a few second-round picks. Nothing real crazy. So I, I like your prediction. I really hope it happens. All right, for- Fachi. So that is my first one. That's your first one. Let's get to your next one. For my next one, it's Andrew Nemhard reclaims and holds on to his starting two-guard okay. spot. Now, nothing has been made official yet mm. in terms of who's starting or who's not. I think most of us probably lean Bruce Brown like next to Halliburton. However, I think at some point, the Pacers will shift back to Nemhard, who will take that starting role back that he had last year for 60-plus games and not give it back leading to Bruce Brown coming off the bench. Hmm. What do you think of that? I think we're getting a little bit more bold here. Well, I think we're thinking alike because I had that as one of my bold I predictions as well. I said Andrew Nimhart finishes the season as a starter. Yep. I didn't want to say he starts out as a starter because I'm a little bit skeptical of that. We've so talked about that, but I do think that he does earn his way back into the starting lineup because, like you said, they're probably going to try some different combinations. Maybe he doesn't start the year out as that, but then they realize – yeah, this guy is pretty darn fantastic next to Tyrese Halliburton and does alleviate some of that pressure from Tyrese being that on-ball defender. And Bruce Brown, let's be honest here, sixth man for the Denver Nuggets. He was not a starter for the Denver Nuggets, and he's been a starter with the Brooklyn Nets and had different roles. But I think at this point, maybe like the contract for Bruce Brown is not telling of who the actual talent of Bruce Brown is. I like that. I agree. He's a good player, but he's not like this starter that you're thinking, oh, every team wants to start him. Like, no, a really good team that's got a lot of like superstars could start him, but the Pacers are asking him to be their number one defender. I think our expectations for Bruce Brown need to be tampered a little bit. I think that this is a guy that can come in here and help and improve this culture and improve this team overall, but I don't think he's going to make a drastic difference in terms of, uh, defensively, what he brings compared to what an Andrew Nimhart brings on ball wise. So I think that they're both pretty similar. And I would say that I like Andrew Nimhart's playmaking just a smidge bit. I agree with that. I think I just think that Nimhart long term is what we want to invest in. He's got the playmaking, he's got the defense. Yes, Bruce Brown does have some of those qualities, but the big thing is, is that dollar sign next to Bruce Brown's name is what influences some decisions. I think that that's completely fair is that you got Andrew Nemhard making, I think, right around $2 million or so. You got Bruce Brown making $22.5 million. That's going to be a big difference. So, But only for, for long, you know, not, not, not too long. I think going into the season, that's where the decision is easier to say, hey, yeah, we're going Bruce Brown. But when things, when you need a little bit of a shakeup, I think the Pacers are going to know who to turn to. And mm-hmm. I think... Andrew Nemhard is going to be waiting. So uh, I, I do think that Bruce Brown will probably settle back into a familiar role, that six-man role, and I think that it probably ends up benefiting the Pacers. But, hey, who knows? You know what? Maybe maybe things click in that starting five that they have, and that's what they want to run with. But we commonly see lineups being changed. So I think there will be a change at some point. All right, Fonch, we both given two. Do you want me to go to my next one? Yeah, what do you got? 
All right, this one's a little bit interesting here. I think it's a pretty bold take. I said Tyrese Halliburton leads the entire NBA in assists per game. Oh, well, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I wouldn't say bold because he finished second. Okay. James Harden got him, but Halliburton was hurt. So it sounds like that's where he belongs leading the NBA in assists because he is that good. At first, I said he's going to lead the NBA in assists. And then I thought, that's meaning he's going to be super healthy. And he did just play with Team USA. I'm a little bit worried that maybe he gets like a slight injury here, like a minor injury that keeps him out a few games here and there, and he might not be able to lead. So it's not super bold, but maybe if you if you take off the per game, it gets a little bit bolder. Maybe we can just do that. Tyrese Halliburton leads the league and assist. Yeah, I, I like that. And I think that that's, if we're going to talk about bold predictions that will be true, this one just feels like the truest, the yeah. most true of all. And I think that Halliburton is going to be on a, a long run of leading the NBA in assists. Because, yeah. And when it comes to a true point guard, like I said, ain't nobody truer. All so, right. Staying on the topic of Tyrese Halliburton, I'm saying Tyrese Halliburton will make an all NBA team. This Which year. one? Uh, it's going to be the third team. Now, look, I, I would like to say, I, I know that's not like the sexiest thing, but it is an all NBA team. I'll tell you why. Look, Halliburton's fantastic play coupled with the Pacers, hopefully being a playoff team, is rewarded by Halliburton landing on the all NBA third team, which takes his max contract to a super max. De'Aaron Fox had a really good year last year, as did the Kings. I, I think that De'Aaron Fox was rewarded for the, for the Kings being, you know, a three seed and everything. Hey, he landed on the All-NBA third team. I think that spot is going to be up for grabs. Damian Lillard was the other guard on that All-NBA th- uh, third team. A healthy Lillard, y- you don't want to count him out. But I do think that Halliburton can snag that All-NBA third team spot. But in order for him to do it, the Pacers need to take a solid leap forward. Do you remember who made the other positions for All-NBA? Uh, in terms of guards, uh, yes. Steph, Steph Curry was in there. Um, did SGA make it? SGA was did. on the first team, and Luka okay. Doncic was on the first team. And then who was the last guard? Was it Donovan Mitchell? Uh, Donovan Mitchell was it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, here's a bold take for you because you got, I was oh, thinking on this. Team? I'm going second team, Fachi. That was one of the, that was one of the ones I had for my bold prediction because I felt like third team kind of didn't feel too bold. I don't know why, but. I just felt like, you know, if we're going bold here, I think that if Tyrese really he's I feel like people are just really drinking the Kool-Aid right now. A lot of people have been giving him a lot of praise for his play at Team USA. And I know the only people that are really mad at him right now are the New York Knicks fans, because for some reason, you know, the lineups that Tyrese Halliburton was in with Team USA were a lot more better in the plus minus category than when Jalen Brunson was out there. And so Steve Kerr was kind of riding Tyrese Halliburton a little bit more, and Jalen Brunson was sitting there on the bench watching Tyrese out there closing out games, and Knicks fans were like, oh, Tyrese slipped against Germany, and that's the reason we lost. Well, it's like you do realize that Jalen Brunson was just getting you know, picked on left and right. Now, Tyrese obviously did have some moments in there where he did not look good defensively in that game, but I thought overall you could tell that Tyrese had improved. So I think that if Tyrese continues to take ownership of being the face of this franchise and really gets this team where they want to be at. I'm going, if he leads the league and assist, why not put him up there? All NBA second team, all NBA second team. I want to really dial that back and think who was the last pacer to make all NBA second team. Probably was Paul. it Jermaine O'Neal? Uh, I don't, I don't think he ever made all NBA second team. 
Really? I think it. I think it was third. I'm okay. gonna have to look that up real quick. Yeah, um, do that, please. Yeah, let's see that because I do. I know that he made an All NBA as a Pacer, but I believe it was the third team. I'm curious. This is interesting. We this, are this... both looking this up right now as we speak. Five-time All-NBA third team. Oh. He's never made a second team. Interesting. No. Interesting. There's Interesting. a lot of good front-court players, though. But there, there is. I mean, it's just like when you're looking at it, he's made two NBA All-Defensive first teams, one in 2014. He's made, you know, All-NBA Defensive second team twice, but never All-NBA first team. That brings me back to Jermaine O'Neal, 2003-2004, when he finished third in MVP voting, I feel like that is probably the last Pacer to be at least All-NBA second team. Yeah, that's what it says. All-NBA second team. Jermaine O'Neal yep. is the only one. All-NBA third team. Paul mm-hmm. George three. Reggie Miller three. Jermaine O'Neal two. Victor Ladipo and Ron Artest. Well, that's very fitting because that would be the 20-year anniversary, 2003-2004. Mm. It was a season that Jermaine O'Neal made it. So it feels like, hey, this might be the year. For Tyrese Halliburton. Do you know who has the most all-star game selections in Pacers history? Jermaine O'Neal. How many? Six. Who's next? Mike, uh, Bridget Miller, five. And then who's the third? Uh, Paul George. With how many? Uh, five. Four. Is it four? Okay. Yeah. Well, I know for Jermaine O'Neal, that's always my fun fact, because that is my man. That's why it's like, how do we not? I, we got to give the man some type of recognition the yeah. most all-star bursts in franchise history, and it's like you don't see him anywhere around the games. It still upsets me. Yeah, and so since we're doing a little bit of trivia here, I want to go ahead and give a little spoiler for everybody, Ooh. and I want to get this out here just so everybody knows what's going on. So if you've noticed on Instagram, we've been doing some Pacers trivia throughout the week, having fun with that because we just want to interact with you guys in a certain in certain ways. You know, we can't reach out to everybody. Some people don't want to come on the show, and some people just want to be able to respond to a trivia question on there. And we've got some really smart Pacer fans that do follow us. So Fachi and I decided, man, this trivia stuff is really fun. So what we're going to do, you know how we've always done our setting the pace fan of the week, which we've been hit or miss on. What we're actually going to do this year is we're going to do a trivia challenge. So basically what it is, is if you think you can answer some trivia questions and beat another fan in a 1v1 Pacers trivia battle, reach out to us at setting the pace three on Twitter or Pacers talk on Instagram, or personally I'm at Alex golden NBA on both and Foch is at underscore F A C C I on both. That way we know you guys are interested in this. What we'll do is we'll put you guys up head to head for that week. Whoever wins, whoever gets the most right out of five questions, they will win that week. And then when we get to the end of the month, the three winners that we had will face off for the championship for that month. And we will give prizes away for that. So it could be tickets. It could be merchandise. It could be random things we find on eBay. There's You just never know. We're going to give away prizes, though, to the winner. So I'm just throwing that bug out there right now. We're going to do it once the season starts in October. So if you're interested in doing some Pacers trivia and competing and being part of setting the pace fan of the week, come on. We're going to combine those segments together because we think it'd be a fun little thing to do. But with that being said, Vachi, I think we've got a little bit sidetracked here from our bold predictions let's keep it moving here your next bold prediction we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, my next bold prediction. Obi Toppin wins most improved player Hmm. of the year, if not runner-up. And I know that the runner-up over there could spoil it a little bit, but that's, that's so thought. bold. I, yes, it gets so less bold as the sentence goes on, but let me get into it. Look, Obi currently is not in the top five for Vegas's favorites, so I feel it was bold enough. Now, he's, that means, hey, the payout on this would be really good. But look, the former National Player of the Year in eighth overall pick is ready to explode onto the scene. Very few top 10 picks have played fewer minutes per game than Obi through his first three seasons. Mm. But he's going to have every opportunity to not only play a lot, but also to start. Yeah. And that, so I, I think that it is realistic for him to play 25 minutes per game or more, which would be 10 minutes more per game than mm-hmm. he averaged last year. So, we always know that, I mean, these stats have been tossed around nonstop, but in his 15 career starts, this is a guy who averaged about 21 points per game, six rebounds, three assists, doing it on about 58% shooting from the field and 44% from three. And there's so much to like, just the sample size isn't big enough. However, he's entering a contract here. He's got the most giving point guard in the league to unlock his full potential on Tyrese Halliburton who it looks like he already has chemistry with. Obi fits this offense perfectly in in terms of how he excels in transition. I feel that he's poised for a major career year unless the NBA gives the award to one of those classic rookies going into year two where you're Uh, expected to have a big... It's it's such a... I mean, look, it'd be cool if it was Matherin. I'm not going to complain. But it's (laughs) such a ripoff when that happens. Like, John Morant. One most proved player of the year the other year. You're talking about the number two overall pick. Don't, it was like, come yeah, on, yeah. Man, we know he's he should be improve. I mean, he should improve. And I saw Cade Cunningham is 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 that guy. Like he missed all of last year. Like yeah, yeah. it's like of course he's going to be someone at the top of people's mind. Obi Toppin has an opportunity to really earn that award. That's my bull take. I just hope he gets better defensively because that's oh, really where he's going to need to improve. Because if he puts up numbers and it looks good, yeah. I mean, if you're averaging. 10, 11 more minutes a game and you're playing with Tyrese and you maybe get your points up to like 15, 16 a game. Like, yeah, if you double your points, you should be improved, right? So I think there's a a good case for him to be in there. But honestly, I think one thing that's really interesting is how much of the Pacers value will be topping, knowing he is on that expiring and knowing that they drafted Jairus Walker. If he plays really well, are we sure that they don't use that as a trade chip? Because I think that could be as well, which I'm not trying to talk about trading Obi top, and I'm just saying <laughs> you got to... Well, you just got to leave all your options open because what of if course. somebody does become available and you've got a you know, guy on expiring and Bruce Brown and Obi Toppin, and you could throw those two guys in a trade to get you someone that could really 
make a massive difference and not just a, a, a somewhat difference. But I just think with the NBA, you know, you only have five guys playing and one player can really impact the game that much. Those are the kind of players that can make a trade more interesting if you're trying to do that. But I, I do like the bold take. I, I'm kind of laughing just because you said runner up <laughs> most important. I mean, that's how you hedge your bet a little bit of there. Of like, okay, runner up. <laughs> Look, no one ever wants to, no one ever remembers the runner up for most improved player of the year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it would have been bold if, if I left that out. But at the same point, I just know how the NBA does it. They reward that rookie, you know, that sophomore player. And it's, it's just not really what the award should be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but anyway, I, got you. I stand by Obi Toppin. He's going to surprise a lot of people. I saw you put out a tweet just talking about how we're going to be talking about Obi Toppin, at, you know, at one yeah. point in, in further detail. And some of the people that were throwing out the stats, there is high expectations <laughs> for my man Obi. I mean, people were like 21 and 8, you know, right, or like, come on. Or yeah. like <laughs> yeah, he's got to play 30 minutes per game. It's like, whoa, that, that, that's it's a lot. I mean, that would really eat into Jarris Walker and whoever is going to be that third power forward out there, yeah. but I do think he could easily go from 15 minutes per game to maybe 25 to 30. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. They'll be top and he'll earn his playing time and mm-hmm. whatever happens, happens. But I have two more left. I don't know what you guys have left. Do you have two? I got, or two. One? I got two left. Okay. So my next one here, Fachi. Miles Turner makes the all NBA defensive second team. Look, I love it. Miles Turner is a very talented defensive basketball player. And if you look at the all defensive second teams, here are the list for the Pacers. Paul George has two. Derek McKee has two. Dudley Bradley has one. Roy Hibbert, Michael Williams, and Ron Artest. That's on the second team. On the first team, we got Ron Artest with two. Don Boozy, Paul George, Victor Oladipo. So, yeah, he definitely, I think, deserves to be in that conversation because when you think about elite rim protectors in the NBA, that is who Miles Turner is. If you look at Roy Hibbert, okay, Roy Hibbert was not a good rebounder. Roy Hibbert was a guy that was very good at blocking shots, and basically the NBA kind of rewarded him for his verticality. So that was a whole thing that kind of made him seem like he was more of a defensive presence than uh, maybe he was because, honestly, we saw teams take advantage of him, like the Atlanta Hawks with Pero Antich. And I even think the Miami Heat did a little bit by going smaller and playing Udonis Haslam as a five and pulling Roy away from the rim. I think that when you look at Miles as an overall defender, he can do a lot more than Roy Hibbert could because of his athleticism. So, you know, I just feel like the NBA's changed a lot, but at this point in Miles' career, like he wants us to be the best year ever. I almost put down that Miles makes his first All-Star game, but felt like that was a bit of a stretch. Don't want to say that he can't do it, but it's just there's a lot of good players in the Eastern Conference, and I just don't know... If the Pacers get two guys in there, that would be shocking. We have shocking to be to top me. three seed. Have yeah. to be a top three seed at that point. In order for the Pacers to have two, I mean, you yeah. really got to be blowing the league away. So I, I do think that that would be tough knowing that Halliburton is most likely an all-star yeah. if, if uh, Miles Turner is going to be one. Yeah, I think Halliburton definitely is a front runner for sure. He was one last year, so there's still that little bit of stock that, hey, he was a former all-star they do reward players that have previously been there before. Yep. He played with Team USA, which I know is a big deal. And he looked pretty good in those moments there with Team USA. So it's just one of those things for Miles. Like, yeah, I'm sure teams really have to game plan for him because of his defensive presence. But I just feel like when you look at the numbers, are they going to be there? And I do worry a little bit about that, like you said, because there's a lot of mouths to feed this year for the team. So is he going to put up the same amount of numbers? I don't know. 
but I think that there's a good chance he could be more efficient, miss maybe yes. on lesser volume. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think he, he's poised to have another really good year, and he was already so efficient last year that it's going to be hard to raise the bar even further, but I do think that we are getting a healthy turner going into this year with familiarity with his teammates and Halliburton should have a really good year. I would love for him to finally get on that all defensive team, which we asked him it's, you don't want to say that it's haunted him or anything, but it's, it's been a goal of his that he's been chasing. You really want him to be able to accomplish that maybe not even once, but just numerous times. But I think that this is his prime. So we can't say that he can't be on that team, especially, uh, the way Jaron Jackson was playing defense out there for uh, FIBA. But, I mean, hey, that's a, that's a story for another <laughs> wow. day. throwing got, shots. Got a little slip that in there, you know, back up our, our guy. It's a Miles. totally different game, to be honest with you. It, but it really is. Trust I, me, I, Daniel Tice looked like, a, you know, he looked like a force out I there. I guess say, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what, 21-7 and seven or something like that? Uh, he was, was leading a scorer, 24 points, I thought. Maybe, he was maybe. Just a monster of a game. He took Team USA and took him to school, didn't he? And yet everyone on Twitter was like, trade him now. It wasn't like, yo, we got to put trade him in there. Trade value through the roof. Yep, this might be the time, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, for my uh, my second to last bold prediction, it's Buddy Heald will win sixth man of the year and finish this season as an Indiana Pacer. Ooh, now, we're getting bold. We are getting bold. Now, I'm going to be honest, Alex. First I had would be in the running for sixth man of the year. I didn't think that was enough. <laughs> So I wanted to spice it up a little bit. I'm going with he will win sixth man of the year. Now, look, to some, finishing the year as a pacer might be bold enough because he is on an expiring contract. He is one of the major trade chips at his near $19 million you know, expiring contract. However, in this prediction, Buddy's embracing his role off the bench. He thrives in it. He's a sixth man of the year, which means that if, that, if he's winning that award, he's contributing to winning pacer basketball and if that's the case they ride it out into the offseason and have a really tough decision on if they're bringing buddy back or not yeah this is a this is an interesting one because i'm just curious to see how buddy responds to playing in a different role without tyrese as much so i i wasn't bold enough to put that down but i would love to see it that means the pacers if they can get a you know um, a six man of the year on their team that's pretty awesome and like you said a runner-up for most improved and we're talking all nba for tyrese i mean this pacers team is going to have to be a top four seed for this to happen they really are and and that that's the thing is any <laughs> award that's going to happen with the pacers you got to win like yeah. they're, they're not gonna there's not going to be a six man of the year on a team that is like the 11th seed it's yeah. just not going to happen because at that point if he's so good he why isn't he starting mm-hmm. um and at that point like Obi's not going to win most improved player on a team where nothing's going on and Halliburton ain't going to make all NBA if we're, you know, in the gutter. So winning is extremely vital to any of the awards that we mentioned. All right, Fachi, I'm going to go ahead and give you my last one here. And you brought him up not too long ago. It's your boy, Daniel Tice. Here's my my bold prediction. Daniel Tice logs the most backup center minutes before the NBA trade deadline. Daniel Tice, like people said, he should be getting these backup minutes after he dominated Team USA. Once again, I reiterate my comment. FIBA is completely different than today's style. However, hear me out, Fachi. I want to get your thoughts on this. Imagine the Pacers starting lineup 
is Tyrese, Andrew Nimhard, Benedict Matherin, Obi Toppin, and Miles Turner. Now, if you're trying to make the playoffs, I think you want to have a veteran team. So your backups would then be Bruce Brown, Buddy Heal, Aaron Neesmith, with Jairus Walker, who's a rookie, and Daniel Tice. I think you have enough veteran leadership in there, and T.J. McConnell can be in that mix as well. But that gives you five, at least I wouldn't say Aaron Neesman is necessarily a veteran, but with McConnell, Bruce Brown, because Bruce Brown's 26. He's been in the league about four or five years now, so he's been there a little bit longer. So you got Bruce Brown, who's got a lot of experience. Buddy Hill's been in the league for a while. He's in his 30s. T.J. McConnell's in his 30s. Daniel Tice, he's in his 30s. That's a perfect person to put with Jairus Walker to learn how to play the game correctly. And I think that you're going to probably see those guys just have a little bit more uh, – they don't have as much room for error because they're a little bit older. But I think the big thing here is they're not going to make as many mistakes because they know what it takes to play winning basketball, in a sense, because they're veterans. And it's not going to be a lot of young guys out there trying to prove themselves. So you put one young guy with those four to five veterans, whatever, I think that could make some sense. And that's why I think that instead of maybe, hey, let's see what – Isaiah Jackson can do next to Jairus Walker. Maybe you see, let's see what Daniel Tice can do because we at least know that Daniel Tice can spread the floor. I think he's probably the best shooter of the three backup bigs. Could be. J- yeah, Jalen Smith, hit or miss, but I think that yeah, would help. Very hit or miss. Last that, year was a miss. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that Jairus could benefit from someone like that that just has that overall experience and, and learn from something like that. So that's why I think, and it could help with trade value too. That does, that does play a factor. But it does. I think Tice is just experience his playoff runs that he's had this team's trying to win now i can see him by rick carlisle just saying hey you know he was a soldier for us by letting these other guys play while we were kind of going through a an evaluation part of the season last year he's had two really solid back-to-back years in fiba with germany he's earned this minutes he's played a lot of nba basketball to kind of prove that he's a guy that can help us win we're going to let him get the minutes start off and i don't think he's going to lose it to those guys i think he's just Honestly, as much as we don't want to talk about it right now, he's better than both the backup bigs. He is. And, and that's the thing. You brought up a great point of like being on a gold medal team, being on a team that's played in the NBA finals. Isaiah Jackson, I mean, has yet to play a meaningful NBA game. Jalen Smith might have gotten some, some garbage time minutes on the Suns when they were on our, I don't know how much he played in that, you know, finals run or anything like that. Not much. You know, Daniel Tice is more NBA ready at this point because he's obviously has the experience. So that is a great point. The key word is prior to the deadline. Yep. We saw how the Pacers played Daniel Tice. He he might have only played in about seven games last year. Six of them were before the deadline and they were trying to squeeze them like, you know, like an orange or squeeze them like a sponge and get everything out before the trade deadline. It, it didn't really result in maybe any serious offers or not, but this year around he's healthy. It could be different. I like that bold prediction because I think that it's bold, but could very well happen. We heard the words out of Chad Buchanan's mouth when he came on our show. If we're looking and we feel that we need to get a win that night, we might mm-hmm. go with Daniel Tice. No, I, I totally agree with that. So and to me, it just feels like this is the time that we're going to probably see him get the most minutes with the Pacers. They didn't trade him. They could trade him before the before you know the season even starts. I'm, I'm not it saying they happen. couldn't, but we've we've slowly seen some activity from Woj coming out here with different players signing, like a Harry Giles there and stuff like that. So it's not like we're seeing 
great moves, but we're starting to see some small transactions. So something like a Tice trade would be a small transaction for most people. So it wouldn't shock me if that were the case, but I do think that the Pacers wanting to win now, they're going to give him that opportunity to prove that he could be the backup to Miles. And I think that, honestly, it will be matchup dependent, but I do think that most of the time he might be, he probably has the talent versus the other two guys to be the best option in that position. So it's it's a it's an interesting one because obviously we want to see the young guys improve and develop, but at this point, if you're probably bringing Jairus off the bench, does it really make sense to bring another young big that really needs a lot of work next to him? I don't know if you trust that front court. No, you made a great point with like Jarris next to Isaiah Jackson. You know, we saw that in summer league, the competition was drastically different than what we're going to see this time. So mm-hmm. I, I just don't think that that's going to be an NBA lineup that, that you want. And uh, I, at this point, Maybe that's something that develops in the future. But for now, yes, Daniel Tice is more experienced. And I think that he very well could get more minutes over the both of them. Maybe Jalen Smith has something to say about it. Who knows? But for my last bold prediction, I'm saying that the Pacers will not just make the play-in game. They will win a play-in series and make the actual playoffs. Mm. Hey, I don't know how spicy you want to consider that. I think some of us would think then making a plan could be a successful season or mm-hmm. a step in the right direction. I'm saying I think the Pacers have what it takes to be a top eight seed. I would be bolder to say a top six seed. I just didn't have it in me. So I think when you look at the top six, you look at it in no specific order, Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Cavs, Knicks, Heat. Those are teams with championship aspirations, some mm-hmm. more than less. But I feel that the Pacers are good enough to potentially beat an Atlanta, Brooklyn, Chicago. Now I know you're high on Atlanta, so I hope you don't take offense to that. And I know you got them. I know you got them pretty, you know, high up there. But I think look, I had them as a five seed. Maybe something like that, but whatever. I, I think if it came push came to shove, who knows what happens in a series? We'll, we'll have to wait and see for that. But the experience of the play-in, followed by a real first-round matchup, would be extremely vital for this group and something they could build upon for years to come. No, I definitely agree with you. I think that making the playoffs would be huge for them just to get that experience. Whatever happens, happens in the playoffs, but just getting there will be cool. But, you know, Fachi, I was a little bit distracted because I looked at the score of the Sunday Night Football game right now. Do you want to know what it is? What we got? Dallas, 26. Oh, man. New York, zero. And we were worried about recording during this game because we wanted to watch it. This is going to be a snooze fest <laughs> here for opening night. Good grief. Sounds like we're not missing much. Um, I do have Cowboys defense playing tonight. Playing really good. Yeah, they got a block kick for a 58-yard touchdown. They also have a pick six. Flip side, you know who's my quarterback? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, and that's why I hate fantasy, because (laughs) I can't even root for Cowboys defense, who's having an amazing game. No, you can't now. My quarterback has what? Daniel Jones has zero yards. He has zero yards and and two picks. He's got negative points. Yeah, well, at this point, they're up by so much, he might be able to get some garbage time points. Uh, and and that, that's the hope. Maybe he just throws all game. But this is fantasy. It's like I can't even root for, for anyone. <laughs> oh, man, I know. That is the problem. And when you have, like, multiple teams, then you're rooting for different players against your yep. team. It's like, oh, man, you know, I have Daniel Jones in one of my leagues starting. And then I'm also playing against Daniel Jones. So I'm, like, kind of happy right now because the one that I have him starting and I don't care about that league as much. But, yeah, so anyway – 
I do agree, though. The playoffs would be huge for the Pacers just for their overall experience. And that's that's the bottom line here because this is what we want to see. We want to see this team continue to grow and take those steps. And with that young core, with Jairus, which with Tyrese, with Andrew and with Benedict and even Miles, right? That feels like maybe your core five moving forward right now. You want to see them get that playoff experience. Miles does have some. So, but he hasn't won a series yet. So, you know, he might be in the same boat. Crazy to think about. It really is. Yeah, they probably should have won against the Cavs, but that was tough to beat LeBron. I mean, you're not going to beat LeBron in in a first round. It's it's just tough. The odds are stacked against you. Three that he hit over Thad still hurts. it, it, It very much still does. I mean, you think, I mean, any series that we play LeBron, it's painful. Like I, I'm, I'm still not over the the layup where Roy Hibbert wasn't on the court back in the day. At the, that was game one. I don't think that would have mattered. But but there's just there's too much pain in there. It's just like, you know how amazing it would have been to say we we beat LeBron or Jordan once yeah, in a playoff yeah. series. That's why they're the greats. They are. That's true. But with that being said, that is our bold predictions for this season. Let us know if we left any bold predictions out that you guys want to throw our way because we're all for hearing the bold predictions and we've actually heard some like you said with Obi Toppin pretty bold some people want him to average 20 points a game I don't know where those 20 points are coming from but hey I like the bold takes I'm here for it yeah I, I saw Rooster had some bold takes on there someone he getting, said he was getting pretty spicy out there yeah, so Ro- but Rooster, Rooster was... has a bold take a positive bold take about every individual Pacer so he, he does I think every Pacer is going to average at least double digits on this Pacers team per Rooster and they're all going to play 25 minutes a game to 30 minutes a game so that's that's the positivity that we need we need Rooster just to go out there and cluck away for those Pacers but hey. Carlisle's got a tough job if he's going to make Rooster happy because, I mean, there just ain't enough minutes out there for him. So he's going to have to figure it out. He's going to have to play double headers and split the yeah. roster up. You know, give him those those Wilt minutes when uh, that one year where he averaged more minutes, you know, that was actually even possible because some of those games were going overtime. It was just like some of his stats, they seem made up. It's like, <laughs> how did you average more than 48 minutes? It's like, what? But, hey, that's Wilt. That is Will. But with that being said, Fudge, go ahead and let the people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at SettingThePace. You can find us on TikTok at SettingThePace. Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash SettingThePace, a Pacers podcast, where you can find all of our video content and if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. We are very, 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 very close to 300 ratings. So that would be awesome to see that number get reached before the season starts, more so training camp. But if we can get there right at the end of the month, that would be a major double thumbs up. And like I said on the last episode, if you are interested, I've already had a few people reach out. If you're interested in playing fantasy basketball and a setting the pace league, let me know via social media i've had a couple people reach out said they would do it and i'm gonna work with rhett bauer who actually covers fantasy basketball for a podcast Mm -hmm. to get the league set up on espn more than likely so rhett's gonna help me get the league set up so we can make sure the scoring is all correct and all that fun stuff and he's gonna be in the league as well so i want to make sure you guys have an awesome experience with that but with that being said Fachi, if you think the pacers are gonna at least get half these bull predictions this year then hit me with those three words Let's go Pacers. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop. Smooth.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.